0: Hello, hello. You are tuning in to a brand new episode of Tide Pod. And today, y'all, we are joined by someone who loves to talk leadership almost as much as I do, which makes me super, super excited. So we've got Katarina here, and she is a traveler, entrepreneur, tuberculosis, and earthquake survivor, and basically just a dreamer. She is originally from Germany. The world is her home. And after working and living on five different continents, she still gets excited about meeting inspiring people helping others, getting out of her comfort zone and taking risks, my type of woman. So today she is the founder and CEO of the Five Senses Journey, which is a mental health startup and power of the world women, a global women empowerment network. And her master's thesis is all about collective leadership, which we are definitely 110% going to dig into throughout this conversation. So I just want you to like kick back. Honestly, this is one of those episodes, you're probably going to need a fresh notebook, maybe three. I know I always say that, but y'all know how it is. We're very low on fluff and very high on just like getting to the good stuff on this podcast. So get relaxed, get ready, because we are about to dive in. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to Typod. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TyPod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. Now, Katerina, I am not just going to continue to sing your praises, although you have so many to sing. I would love for you to actually just take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit of, you know, the good stuff that I didn't say in that bio. You know what I'm saying? Give us the real. For
1: sure. Yeah. You know, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Uh, usually I'm the one interviewing guests on my podcast. so I'm excited mm-hmm. to be a guest this time. Um, yeah. So originally from Germany, you said it. I did an integrated degree program at Mont Blanc. For those of you who don't know it, it's like this, you know. Luxury brand for like writing instruments and jewelry, watches and leather goods and so on. And I worked in every single department, more in business side. I um, did my bachelor's there, I worked for them in Hong Kong. And then after I graduated with my bachelor's, um, I was 21 and then I became the manager in international event marketing. So I organized the top VIP customer events around the world. I was in charge of a seven-figure budget. Um, I was kind of like my own, you know, department, I had my interns and so on. And it was decent, you know. I hung out with Hugh Jackman in New York and like all the customers around the world. That it was pretty cool. Um, and then, as you said, like a year later, like when I was 22, 23, I got tuberculosis, which obviously, you know, isolation and masks and so on isn't anything new to me right now. Um Got here from that one, luckily, but I was like, something is there, you know, there's a calling maybe, and I've always been engaged in volunteering and community work. So a year later, I actually quit my job. So I left everything behind. I quit my apartment, sold my car, um, left the job, gave up or even declined a promotion and I went volunteering. So what people say, it is a gap year. I sort of call it passion year. So I did everything I wanted for a year. I went volunteering in Colombia and Namibia for a couple of months um i traveled around africa and central america on my own i started working for a startup i started interning at the united nations in new york and kind of like did everything i wanted and then um, i moved to sweden to do my master in strategic entrepreneurship and um, besides my master you know i believe that you learn most in the field and when you actually work so um, i'm a freelance consultant for early stage startups i yeah freelance for a couple of startups um and as you said i have these two projects going on so five senses journey which we actually just renamed into Uh senses um we're working on that one will be a mindfulness app based around the five senses which i guess everyone is sort of in need right now to be more mindful thanks to the pandemic um and all the mental struggles and i'm also the founder of power award woman and power as you said is this global Woman Empowerment Network and I have amazing team members from literally around the world and I just love it and um, we focus on highlighting women and every day or every month it's a different topic have a podcast blog and so on it's an absolute pleasure and I learned so much oh so that's wow. me in a nutshell <laughs>
0: in a nutshell ma'am come on in a nutshell you're amazing you're awesome I love that you just like take life the way you want it like that I feel like that's a really not very inspiring way to say that but that's what I took out of that and I really really admire that about you
1: yeah I mean you know I kind of like shape it the way I want it right so I mean I'm 25 now and um I have all these dreams and I just there's so much out there that I want to discover that I want to experience so why just take for granted what I was born into um but like kind of overcome obstacles you know I'm not taking any risks or anything as a setback it's not always easy but I'm trying to overcome them and get out there and do sort of what I want um fight for equality support women and sort of give back what I was very privileged to have like education and so on and I just um yeah Mm want to you know kind of make this world a better place I guess just just make it a better place no big deal
0: just let's just
1: (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of
0: education I know that, like we chatted a little bit offline about uh, your masters and how you're studying collective leadership, and I'm just really, really curious, actually, about your path in studying. um, What? How was it phrased? It was strategic. Strategic
1: entrepreneurship, exactly. Okay,
0: gotcha. So I'm very curious about like you taking that path in particular, and what's really motivated you to move into this space, like working with entrepreneurs, working with startups, having some sort of focus on leadership. What does that look like for you?
1: Sure. I mean, so obviously coming from Mont Blanc and then also United Nations, it's the complete opposite of a startup. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like rather big companies. Um, it's sort of a lot of hierarchies, um, you know, long decision making processes and so on. And I, I'm a person, I wouldn't say I get bored easily. That's not the right way to phrase it, but I love to take over responsibility I love to work in a team I love to work on something that I'm passionate about and just really you know I kind of have the feeling that we do something together and I'm also a big fan of like sort of giving credits to the person who's in charge instead of just selling it at my own or whatsoever and I think that's something which is very often forgotten at bigger companies especially among men for example you know and it just really I was kind of like fed up and um, how I got into strategic entrepreneurship was kind of funny because um, I did want to do a master, but I didn't want to know and what sort of. And if you want to do a master in business, you very often have to do this test called GMAT right and i didn't want to because you have to study for quite some time and i was like i didn't know what kind of master so there was no specific motivation i was like you know what i'd rather go volunteering Mm -hmm. so the choices of master programs in europe for example were kind of limited due to that one and then i was like well you know what do i even want to study like you can tell me 10 things and of nine out of 10 maybe eight out of 10 i'd be like i'm so down for that right (laughs) so like where do I get started um so anyways long story short what happened is um I found strategic entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship in general quite interesting because I thought even though I might even if I don't want to become a founder myself or an entrepreneur, just having this mindset is so essential for mm-hmm. anything you do, anything or anyone you work with, any project you work on. So I thought, well, why not give it a try? Um, and that's sort of how I applied, like literally on the last day of the application period from Colombia in yeah. Sweden. Um, and yeah, I got in and, um, what you do in Scandinavia is that you write your master you if this in a pair. So you write with a thesis partner and funny enough, I write with someone who's actually from the same town as me in Germany, but we wow. write together and, um, it's quite a process, obviously finding a topic that first of all, isn't researched enough and also something that you're excited about to work on for a couple of months and also, you know, kind of ask and get some interviews and stuff. And we started talking and we realized that both of us are sort of like interested also about the um interhuman connection, let's say, right? So leadership, how you the relationships, how you work with one another, and so on. Um, instead of just focusing on the business numbers or whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pretty quickly came into that one. And then it's been quite of a process over a couple of weeks and months and brainstorming sessions um of getting to collective leadership. And what we now do is that we really want to see the impact um, on leadership in startups and we want to see if why and how for example collective leadership is an appropriate way of leadership in startups Mm -hmm. and how this was triggered or prevented um, by COVID Mm because obviously everyone had to pivot and like you know it's nothing we've ever experienced before and we believe that you know with these sort of um Changes and how we work in teams and like what demanded from us in terms of adaptability is just super fascinating. So yeah, we just focus on that one. Um, we interview a couple of entrepreneurs, founders, team members and startups. And I think we hold over 20, 25 interviews in total, which is quite a lot. And we get some really interesting insights obviously Mm -hmm. we can't be there in person to observe but just you know hearing about the experiences and reflecting is pretty um exciting
0: now I know some people listening like they know they're very familiar with me talking about leadership just as a whole umbrella construct I would love for you to break down um collective leadership and like what the nuance of that addition collective really brings to the table when you talk about leadership
1: Sure. So collective leadership is pretty much that you go back from focusing on the individual and like the individual's, you know, skills and mindset and knowledge and so on. But you focus more on the collective on its own, right? So the more of the group of people sort of. Um, and what you really do is that you look at the interaction, you look at the relationships and like the way they work together and more of the process itself. So, for example, we focus on the process perspective, the process, um, theory and we just really, you know, see how they interact with one another and how the collective shapes together and it doesn't only require um like formal leadership in that sense Mm -hmm. it's also very often informal it's quite flat hierarchies and it's for example it demands that the individual who's most experienced or has the best skills that fit to that situation um leads in a specific circumstance um, based on the background, based on the expertise and so on. And instead of one making all the decisions, it's kind of spread out and it's a process of, you know, making decisions as a collective together and however it fits best. Um And it's very often mistaken with a shared leadership Okay. Um, so shared leadership, I don't know, um, if anyone knows, but shared leadership is more that you kind of distribute it. But then again, it comes back like you try to share it, but like everyone gets their task in the end. It's still going back to the one individual sort of still has a couple of hierarchies sometimes. But, um, collective is really more about the process going back from the individual more in the relationship and, um, yeah, in the collective itself.
0: That's a really, really good distinction. And I think I'm just, I'm like cycling through all the teams that I've worked with over here. And I would say probably, from being honest, I've seen more of the shared leadership approach, for sure, where everything still ultimately is coming back to that single decision maker at the end of the day. So I'm really really excited. Like I know you guys are in the works of this research obviously, but FYI, I want I want the thesis. Like when it comes out, I need I need to get the link. I need to be able to read Demore, it. you get it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so interesting. So I'm sure that as we continue to talk through this conversation, collective leadership is going to come keep coming back to the table. But one of the things that we had chatted about that I really want to dig into is some of the cultural differences that you have seen. Just like in the entrepreneur startup culture as a whole and in leadership as a whole, like whichever way you want to take it, I want to dig into some of those cultural differences.
1: Sure. Where are you even start? I know. Because um, right? <laughs> I am like in a quite international environment, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, me now being in Sweden, but um, as I said, I used to work in like different countries, lived in Hong Kong, US, New Zealand, Namibia, name it. Um, and I have a very, diverse team of team members right so um would I try to make sure that I bring team members to the table that teach me something that have a different point of view um that challenge my ideas my perception my opinions all of that and um so what I can say right now from my personal perspective maybe that's even more interesting than just me being sort of an employee quote-unquote in a different startup um but on my projects for example my the one about mindfulness, the censored slash previously passed this journey. Um, my UX designer is from Namibia, but he also lives in Sweden. Okay. My We have someone who does the marketing and he's in the US. We have someone um, who is an expert in psychology and she's mixed race and she is in New Zealand. Like she's a Kiwi. Mm-hmm. um we used to have someone on the team from australia we used to have someone on the team who was chinese but lived in finland so it's very very different diverse yeah. cultures coming together and on the other hand for this project of power of word woman um i was gonna say maybe there's not even one culture or you know nationality twice but german is but we got team members from sierra leone from mexico russia lithuania uk um who wants to we have austria Kenya, south africa so it's pretty diverse right mm-hmm. and obviously as you can imagine a lot of different cultures a lot of different perceptions um so on so on so what i have encountered is really as me being german it's pretty direct right okay. so we're quite bored i'd say um we are and I learned that especially as I moved to Sweden because in Sweden for example what happens is if you want to make a decision you would ask everyone on the table for their opinion first and even if the meeting has finished without coming to a conclusion you would just set up a second meeting so everyone has to be heard at the same time if you ask for an opinion yeah I might think about it it's the Swedish way of saying not interesting to my to me actually (laughs) but like yeah you know it's like the different word, the different wording the different framing that sort of adds to the issue and to me at first I was like just get to the point you know I'm German like say yes or no like there's no between (laughs) you know um so that definitely was a learning also on like how you communicate with people so for example with my team members from South Africa I had like two or three from there and what I realized Every time they reached out to me, even the way they started an email or a WhatsApp message or whatever, it would be, hey, Kat, I hope that I trust that you and your family are doing well. So Mm -hmm. it's a different way of like, hey, how's it going? But like, you know, you have to start with this one. And I just couldn't be German and like getting to the point and like without even asking, hey, I hope everything's going well and I hope your family is doing well. So it's the small things that you learn and like interaction. Um... What I also try to do, I am constantly learning and they teach me a lot and I'm far from being perfect. And I just realized again, now that we're like growing with a team and restructuring, like also how frustrating it can be of trying to find the best way that everyone's happy with, but also that you stick true to yourself. Um, And I'm constantly challenged, but I love that. But one thing I learned is in a group of diverse backgrounds, bringing everyone to the table, not seeing each other in person can be really, really tough and requires quite a lot of effort, I'd say, from whoever is in the position to motivate, to be there for emotional support, to focus less on the what, but more on the how, right? And that's Probably something I also realized this week again is that I focus too much on the what. What are we doing? What are we doing next? Where are we heading to? And at some point, you have to make sure that everyone's included and make sure that, for example, they wouldn't, like my team members from the other countries, I don't know if it's related to culture or just that we don't know each other in person yet. They wouldn't say out loud, hey Kat, you know what? Like, focus more on the what, on the how. Yeah. Or they wouldn't be like, Hey, Kat, actually, I think what's more important right now is this and that. So they very, even though I try to be more collective and I really try to encourage everyone and be like, hey, do this, do that. If you have anything, you know, take initiative. And I really try to, I try to have um, team meetings organized and held by different team members. So it's Mm -hmm. not just me all the time. It's really, really tough. And I would say it's not just tough for me in that sense, because I'm just one part of the puzzle. It's tough for everyone, I guess, and everyone sort of tries to find their role and Culture definitely has a background and has an input on that one. so the way you are taught to speak up or not, the way you are taught to it doesn't even need to be that you're like officially taught, but just you know your environment teaches you how to take initiative, how to step up, and so on, and that's something that's due to culture. That's something due to gender, I also learned, for example, that you know men and women, and like also non binaries, they behave very differently mm-hmm. from the way they communicate, from the way they make decisions, from the way on what triggers them and um I guess I'm just really trying to take these projects also to teach myself to learn to understand, and without all my travels, I guess I've been to like I don't know thirty eight countries whatever. I wouldn't have been able to communicate with everyone cuz that helped me to be willing to see everyone as who they are. Wow. I love that. I
0: I think like the part where you said um you focus too heavily on the what not the how. That's mm-hmm. that like that I was like quotable moment mainly because of how serious that is, right? And it really is a big challenge. I was actually um on a workshop with a client yesterday. And we were talking about like the topic was appreciation. Like that's what we were talking about is how do we make one another feel appreciated, motivated, and inspired as a team, right? So we're doing all of the activities, all of the workshops, but we do get into a conversation around, you know, because of COVID, they were, they used to be more so in person, brick and mortar. They would go into the office, so on and so forth. And now they have two team members on their team that they've never met in real life. And they're just like, the dynamic is so different. And as much as we like each other, it's been really difficult to be intentional about, you know, connecting on a personal level. We don't get to just, oh, I'm going to grab a coffee. Hey, do you want something? You know what I mean? Like all of those small, I always tell people like it's in the details, the small nuanced interactions with your people. And it is, you're, you're so right. It's just so much harder when you don't get to be with them in person. Today's episode is brought to you by ClickUp. Now look, there are a lot of project management systems out there, and this is a question that I get pretty much on a weekly basis. Which system should I choose? Now, you know my belief, your system is highly dependent on how you work and how your team works best. However, I am not shy about sharing my favorite of the bunch it's ClickUp. When it comes to daily team management, I have personally found that ClickUp provides everything you need. My team uses ClickUp for just task management, to house our headquarter resources, and for ongoing communication. My favorite part with the unlimited version, you get access to the dashboards, which has totally replaced Slack for us. And I am a streamlined systems type of woman. I highly recommend it if you have a team. And guess what? It couldn't be easier or better. You can go to tianatai.comslash clickup and get 50% off of your very first year. I'm telling you. 50% off just head to www.tianatai.com slash click up to snag that today
1: yeah i mean i haven't met i pretty much Who have i met in total <laughs> three of my team members of both projects i have okay. met in person but everyone else i have never met in my entire life right mm-hmm. so sometimes it's like one of them i approached through linkedin another one was like a friend or like a friend of a friend or like you know refer whatsoever and keep in mind both projects are still in our free time right it's not that we get paid for anything it's literally our passion project in the free time and as you said you know just kind of like the small details hey i'm grabbing a coffee do you want anything or like Mm -hmm. hey how's it going or like you know just seeing the frustration and someone's emotions or the excitement or like sharing a private story instead of like oh we got one zoom call right sketch it after another we only got five minutes okay let's get to the topic um that's actually really interesting and this whole part of like how and for example i try to like it's not that i have it on my calendar that i gotta remind and text my teammates because i think it's something that has to come out of your personal motivation but if someone does something amazing and i want to give them the credit and instead of just me knowing it i want to make sure the team knows I want to make sure other knows or other people know. Right. So for example, what I do is that um, every Sunday talking about the appreciation that you mentioned every Sunday, I have a Sunday shout out on my LinkedIn Mm. and whomever I reach out to, like whomever I feature doesn't know in advance. So what I actually do, because I believe, you know, in terms of appreciation, we unlearn as a society, how to appreciate one another. And even when I tell someone who appreciate what you did, I truly mean it. Thank you. They'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever. Don't say thank you all the time. I'm like, no, (laughs) I really mean it. I think you did amazing. And I feel like that's something we have unlearned as a society. Too often we just tend to criticize like criticize each other more than we, you know, appreciate. So on every Sunday, I just make this Sunday shout-out and literally post a picture of that person and really I want everyone to see how amazing they are. I celebrate what they did how they inspire me why I look up to them and it can be someone who's older who's younger who directly works with me who doesn't but like someone who yeah deserves to be appreciated and I think if you deep appreciate someone in public take the time to write a post take the time to think about it during the week like hmm, who would I feature this week mm-hmm. it's it helps me to practice my own appreciation but also I got the feedback that it really helps others on a different level to kind of you know understand that it's not just a saying yeah. like oh yeah thank you appreciate it but like it's truly meant. So you have team members who like that spotlight? Um, It's not just for team members okay actually um, so the first one was actually for a team member I did I've only started recently but mm-hmm. uh, I also did that for example for other people that that i admire like recently i'm in the clinton globe initiative university class um and for cgi we recently had this conference of like you know a decent um live conference conference with president um bill clinton hillary clinton we had kamala harris there as a special guest guest like talking to us and we had like you know different change makers from around the world it was decent and there was this one change maker she was only 14 Mm -hmm. chloe and she truly inspired me and I like, I'm not sure if she will even see the poster or not, but I just want to make sure people see it. And she's the first one who wasn't in direct touch with me, whom I appreciate it. But, um, yeah, to get back to your question, some teammates, I guess, enjoy it more than others to be in the spotlight. And something a lot of teammates or a lot of people, including myself, struggle with is taking compliments. I guess that's true. Taking in appreciation and appreciating our own success and celebrating our own success and that's something what helps me you know I do the monthly reflections where I also talk about um, publicly on LinkedIn about my failures about my learnings and so on but also encouraging the own appreciation the own reflection the own spotlight for yourself it doesn't need to be public It needs to be your own presence and your own thoughts and that's what counts at the end
0: amen to that I um I have I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you heard of workplace appreciation?
1: No. Okay. Tell me. I'm
0: gonna send it to you when we jump off. But so basically, I am certified in workplace appreciation. Have you heard of the love languages? Some people have heard yeah. of that. Okay. The guy who wrote the love languages partnered with an organizational psychologist who was a business consultant, and they created basically the love languages for the workplace. So I I'm love gonna. That. Yes, I think you're gonna find it really interesting. And what I am like, I'm using this, guys. My bad. This is totally self motivated, but I'm very <laughs> interested in your perspective on it as somebody who operates in a very international atmosphere to see if it's like kind of U.S. centric in the because mm-hmm. you know how research is. We all know this, especially if you're academic academic excuse me but i'm interested if it's like kind of u.s centric or if you think it really applies i just want to
1: hear all of your perspective on it so i'm gonna send you that link I, I love it and it. actually to add to that one um i recently had a chat with my roommate and mm-hmm. he opened my eyes because he gave this example we talked about like you know how different um cultures are yeah and he gave this example and he was like you know what the um t- going back to the u.s he was like well the americans are a lot like an avocado Why? and the sweets are like a coconut and i'm like what do you mean so what he said, and it makes so much sense. Okay. So um, in the US, you're soft from the outside, but like pretty hard from the inside. Right? <laughs> Tell me it isn't true. And then in Sweden, for example, they have the coconut. So mm-hmm. they got the really hard skin like it's so hard to get any connection, but yeah. once you're in, you're in and then soft from the inside, so, for example, to build a relationship with a suite takes a lot of effort, like mm-hmm. it's so exhausting, but once you're in, you're a friend for a lifetime. Wow, I'm gonna have to think on that i will I won't speak for the whole
0: of this country, but I will say, for my experience of the people in this country, I kind of get that particularly because by nature of my business and by nature of just like, I'm a millennial who spends a lot of time online. I build a lot of relationships online, much like you and I right now. Right. And particularly with my connections that are in the United States, it's like very easy to make that initial connection. Incredibly easy. We do it very quickly. We collaborate quickly. We partner quickly. We go on like little coffee dates quickly, but there are very few people that you ever get deep with. And I feel like there's definitely exactly. like a boundary there past like the little coffee dates. That is the boundary. So it's like you get in quickly, but like, mm-hmm. will you actually get in? Mm, exactly. Probably not with most people. Wow. That analogy is going to stick with me. I'm going to start asking people that. I need to, we got <laughs> to do a survey. We got to talk about the avocado versus the coconut. <laughs>
1: I know, right? It's funny because like uh, this morning, um, I had a monthly catch up with, um, a woman that I admire and they actually, she actually works in the leadership feed as well. And, um, we talked about this one because uh-huh. we were thinking like, for example, why is it so hard for Europeans to find a role model or to find a changemaker
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we look up to? But why is it so much easier to connect with someone, for example, in the US? And it's just right. a different way because like we're so closed in a lot of parts of Europe. Um, from the outside and for example in the US it's way more celebrated and like shown in the public and so on and it's so different and that shows in you know place of work social media you name it and it's so different so we just actually said this morning or like you know it's the aim I guess is to have the equal fruit salad yeah I guess so. <laughs> of whatever fruits you bring together including <laughs> the coconut including the avocado but just making sure everyone sort of balances each other out um but yeah I thought like you know hearing about the two examples I was like yeah that kind of fits so um it does actually I mean from yeah. my perspective it definitely
0: does wow the avocado and the coconut. Y'all, okay, if you're listening, like please come connect with us on Instagram, you know, per usual. I'm going to put all of Katerina's details in the show notes and whatnot, but we need to like do a poll the day this episode goes live about like their perspective on the avocado versus the coconut because I can't get over it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be so interesting to, to like learn what everyone identifies with, right? Yeah. And maybe there's something else, you know, maybe it's not just, Maybe there's a the third one that we haven't even Someone's thought about gonna, yet. going like, to throw um, out a kumquat and I'm going to be like, what does
0: that have to do with anything? And then she <laughs> the most insightful thing ever. And we we'll would be like, wow, maybe we are kumquats. Who knew? Exactly. <laughs> you know. And I don't even know why that is. Is that a fruit? I don't even know why kumquat just popped in my head. But we're just going to roll with
1: well, that. <laughs> you know, maybe someone votes for that one. Let's see. Let's <laughs> Let's see.
0: So before we wrap up our conversation, I feel like there, I I just wish I could talk for like hours, honestly, because I love this conversation, but I feel like you've just experienced so much in a short amount of time and you've seen so much. And now like, even with your passion projects, you're working with very diverse groups. You're working with teams that are very international. We won't even get into a conversation around the time zones, but y'all know there are two episodes about working with team members in different time zones on this podcast. So go find those if you're curious. But I'd like to know just a little bit about how your own personal leadership has evolved, has changed, and kind of like, does that have anything to do with your personal growth as well? Do you think the two are connected? Just like give
1: give us a little bit of insight on that. That's a great question. Um It definitely is connected. Mm -hmm. So I guess the way I have grown and I continue to grow is that I understand better what, who I am, what I want and kind of what matters to me. Right. Um, instead of just functioning, I'm trying to, I'm still learning, but I'm trying to constantly remind myself to focus on what's actually essential to follow my instincts. And I think, you know, also with the growth of getting my job, um, having this tuberculosis and like you know going volunteering and so on and traveling it's just really listening to my inner self what is my passion what is the drive you know and I'm trying to get as close to the drive and the fire as I can without burning myself obviously um so I've definitely grown on that sense and also with all the people I've met and they just opened my eyes so much from you know, think about it differently or have a critical perspective on something. Don't take everything for granted just because like older people tell you to do so or someone you look up to tells you to do so. Like always um challenge it. And as well, like you might challenge your own perception. What you have as an opinion today might not be your opinion tomorrow. And that's great. You know, mm-hmm. it's not set for the rest of your life. And I think that's sort of on the growth that I am myself. And in terms of personal leadership, um, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying, and that's the feedback I get, not put too much pressure on the team. I'd rather put it on myself, and I would rather back up, which isn't always the greatest and the healthiest way. But I'm just trying to make sure if someone tells me what's up, I'm there to listen, and I'm also reminding them to take a take a step back so for example you know i was going for a walk yesterday for 2 hours straight you know trying to connect fresh air with exercise and work calls so i was like mm-hmm. you know doing everything at once and then i had some voice memos in between of like my teammates and i was like do you hear the ocean waves in the back this is your sign of like peace for today take a breath relax and she's like, oh, that's so nice. And I sent to like three team members and I actually, I would have needed the reminder, right? Yeah. But I'm just trying to be there first for the others and then for myself. And just as much as I want to move forward quickly, I realize it doesn't work. And if you require too much from your team as a leader in whatever way you lead, collective or, you know, traditionally, whatever it is, there's a certain boundary that you can reach very, very quickly if you only focus on the what and if you don't take time to appreciate them as a person, to appreciate what they do outside of the work, outside of the project, whatever it may be. And that's probably something um, I try to prioritize and also to connect more on a personal level and then with the project itself.
0: I mean, if there wasn't a better way to wrap up this episode, I don't know what the statement would have been like, you are you are a whole inspiration. Seriously, I love this conversation. I love everything about it. I think that you bring. I don't know. I feel like the the way you're presenting yourself and the way we're talking about leadership and working as a collective and the nuances of different cultures and all of these things, like this is the epitome of what it means to be a leader of a new generation. You know what I'm saying? And it just makes me mm-hmm. really, really excited that we get to have these conversations. So without further ado, because we don't want the conversation to end, but it's got to end, you have to tell us where we can find you. So that we can just sneak into your DMs and whatnot and continue the conversation on our own terms. So where do you hang out? Where can we find you? Website, platforms, all the places. Let us know.
1: Absolutely. Um, So probably the best way to connect with me is on either Instagram or LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. i also got my own website but you know my name is like the most german name you can have so it's rather hard to find me um and it's going to be long for me to spell right now but if you go to my instagram it's kat mll so k-a-t-m-l-l um and then you also find a link tree there with everything from my linkedin from my um website from emit whatever it is just easiest way to connect with me there if you don't find me go to power of world women um or just look for pow that is also where you find us on instagram and then i pretty much handed the account so just you know slide into the dms and we're gonna reach out and um, also any questions i'm happy to answer i love to have open discussions um, about anything if you listen and feel like oh my god let me challenge her please reach out like i love to have critical discussions um and maybe you can inspire me like i'd love that um and yeah i'm a big firm believer of sharing, you know, experiences and so on. So I'm happy to connect with anyone out there. Amazing. Well, thank you
0: so much for joining us today. It was an absolute delight.
1: Thank you for having me. That was fun.